What's up, YouTube and Welcome to Lords of Longbox presents the cover price comic book shickers of the week. Uh, almost into a week, we had a week where we had two shows at once. We had Miss Marvel and Obi Wan Kenobi. So it's been a great week. Can't believe tomorrow's already Friday. So while you guys congregating, let me give you a Bay Area legend, DJ Juanito. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the cover price shakers of the week. Fun, fun fact: I actually met DJ Juanito. We were DJing a wedding in the late '80s, and he comes up to introduce us. Yo, I'm DJ Juanito. I said, uh, "We have some music. I don't believe you." And then he goes, <laughs> "Here, let me get on the decks real quick." And he started fucking cutting it up. I was like, "God damn! Okay, all right. This is I, I think that's I, how you I, prove it." <laughs> yeah, it may have been a wedding we DJed in like Daily City or somewhere back in mobile DJing was huge. But anyway, welcome to the cover price shakers of the week. Gabe, say what's good to people. What up, everybody? Welcome in. Keep an eye on the list today. There's some cool, fun stuff we're going to talk about. Shout out to Cover Price for providing us all this info. Have fun That's today, right. guys. And in witness protection, Witsec, my man JB from Discovery Bay Comics. Say what's good to people. How you doing, everybody? Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, I am broadcasting live from the hotel. What is this? The business center. So I'm set up in the business center to make my appearance tonight. And man, this list... You may get one, maybe one. I think this is an offer list. This list spans from 2010s all the way back to like the 40s. So, you know, as always, our friends on Cup Price always get eclectic with it. Uh, once again, this show is sponsored by our friends over at CoverPrice.com. Go to CoverPrice.com, sign up for a six 
$9.99 a month. And you get Diary Price Guides, Collections, and Trends. Also, our friends at Key Collectibles are already facilitating CTC grading, pressing needs. Uh, once again, this is the cover price. Where is my graphic? Or, jeez, uh, I got like a million graphics as uh, yeah, you can do. attest to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you do. Uh, first off, thanks to everybody who was checking up on me last uh, Tuesday. I made the mistake of mixing medication before on an errand and realized that my mouth wasn't communicating with my brain the way it should be. So, uh, yeah. So, whenever you read that disclaimer where it says don't mix your medication, Ah, I follow you. You should do that. So anyway, uh, I'm fine. Cover Price Shakers of the Week. This friend is brought to you by our friends from Cover Price. Focusing on new sales or the most interesting sales found on their exclusive daily shakers. This is just changes every time, every day. So make sure you check it out to review some of the hottest trending books on the market. And right after today's show, I will be a guest over on um, Team Nerd Herd for a good hour. So right at 7 p.m., head on over there. But in the meantime, let's get right to it. What do we got for the first shaker? Man, coming up first, this one's this one's cool. We've got Amazing Spider-Man, the movie, number one, originally published in 2012 from Marvel Comics. And once upon a time, fans despised Sony's Amazing Spider-Man films with Andrew Garfield. The films were widely panned and greatly dismissed, along with anything related to it, such as this comic book movie adaptation. However, that all changed after Tom Holland's Spider-Man teamed up with both Tobey Maguire and and Andrew Garfield's alternate Peter Parker Spider-Man in Spider-Man No Way Home. No Way Home fixed many of Amazing Spider-Man's issues and closed several important character arcs for Garfield Spider-Man, including saving Mary Jane by the lessons he learned after failing to save his universe's Gwen Stacy. Now, Andrew's version was instantly redeemed and in turn beloved. His Amazing Spider-Man film surged in views on Disney+. Plus. He became so popular that fans began demanding Sony to create an Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man 3 film. While this was all happening, this comic adaptation was quietly building up market value, culminating in this week's huge sale of $800 for a CGC 9.8. This webbed up the previous 9.8 sale of $150 just last week. Now, is this fluke or new trend? We'll have to see. Either way, this is how the wind blows when it comes to the comic collecting and overall fandom. It's truly fascinating to see. I would argue that Andrew Garfield's version of Spider-Man was the best of all three in that film. Uh, to me, I don't disagree. I, he wow. fully redeemed himself. He had the best moment of saving this Spider-Verse's MJ. You know, and I got to admit, the whole crowd just lost it when he did it. And they all it. knew he was going to do it. It was, it, it, it's one of those things, this is a movie you had to see opening night and where the crowd just absolutely gobbled up. Everybody's applauding. People are crying, grown men crying, women crying, <laughs> little children crying. It was fucking incredible, man. But it was incredible. Uh, the, Amazing yeah. Spider-Man, the movie number one, Ken Goldstein, King of the Golden State's got a copy. I wonder if he bought that nine, eight. I doubt it. But anyway, he probably already <laughs> had it. But uh, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man, the movie, issue number one, the, uh, I guess you can call it the movie poster variant because it's a the, the video of their likeness, but there's been rumors and whispers of another, like, uh, Spider-Man movie that takes place. I wouldn't think it would be so much this version. Like, I could see whether they could do a Tobey Maguire version where they introduced Mayday Parker, where him and, um, um, what was it? Kristen Dunst. Yeah, him and MJ, right? Him and MJ have a kid. Because remember, they said, you know, he's older now and, you know, he has a kid. And in the comics, I do believe it's maybe in a what if series, but eventually it spun out in their own 
whereas a Mayday Parker. So I don't know. I think the I think you know Sony's got something. I'd rather see that than freaking Madam Web, to be honest with you. But <laughs> all right. or another uh, Venom movie. Yeah, on to Amazing Spider-Man, on to some '90s goodness. All right, so number two on the Shakers list, we got Archer and Armstrong Forever. Number one, this is the uh, Burnt Wood cover D one in two hundred and fifty from Valiant Comics, uh, just recently in twenty twenty two. Valiant is well known for paving the way for creating some unique variants for collectors. We recently covered a few of Valiant's early metal variants, which is the first ones of their kind that are now a very popular trend. Jump to this past May 2022, they've once again blazed, quite literally, a new variant of wood with the exclusive cover burnt into it. Like many of Valiant's rarer covers, this was a 1 in 250 incentive and is incredibly tough to find. Valiant fans are all over it, pushing prices up to its current price tag of $400 raw. It's not even known if CGC or CBCS can even grade these types of books, but we could expect those to quickly disappear into collections if they do. I'm confused. I'm confused. Are we? Are you saying that this is actually burnt onto the cover? So this is exactly. a one of a kind? Yeah. Or I mean, I know yeah. you said one of 250. How many of these are there out there? Probably uh, less than 200. Yeah, um, in the 90s, Archer and Armstrong was part of that whole Valiant movement where, you know, Image was coming out known for the art, Valiant came out known for the stories, right? I think Big Big Jim Shooter was the uh, uh, publisher, right, for... Valiant for Valiant. Yeah, he started Valiant. He's one of the ones. Yeah. And then Dinesh bought it and then they tried to revamp it in uh, the 2000 somethings. Right. It didn't really get, you know, we had some like some new like um, Exo Man of War and some other stuff. And then Bloodshot, obviously, you know, you know, that was the apex where they thought they would bring back everything, you know, Valiant. Unfortunately, Bloodshot was. I tell you, that was the last movie I saw before the pandemic. It was like, oh. I remember that movie came out, and then a week later, everything shut down. I was like, man, it was horrible timing. But, you know, hey, man, you, you get what you can get during the pre-pandemic days. We'll look back in, like, 10 years from now, like, like, yeah, like uh, you remember when the movie theaters were shut down for, like, six months? You're like, damn, that's crazy. Like, even when movie theaters reopened, they weren't even showing new movies. We were watching, like, uh, you know, like, Top, I remember we saw Top Gun again mm-hmm. in the movie theaters. Well, and drive-ins became a big thing for a while too, which is great. Oh, I we saw uh, drive outdoor drive-in uh, where they just put up a giant inflatable screen. Oh, that's and cool. We watched uh, we watched Psycho, the original Alfred Hitchcock Psycho, uh, on this, and we just popped up the hatch on my car and we just sat there. It was outdoors, and it was funny as. We were we were in like uh, Anaheim or Santa Ana, and there's a quinceanera going on next door. <laughs> they were just bumping ranchero music. We're like, "What the fuck is going on, man?" But Archer and Armstrong Forever Number One from 2022. It's a burnt wood cover D variant, one and two fifty. Go figure. All right, this brings back some real nostalgia for me right here. All right, here we go. Next up, we've got batman issue number 427 the newsstand variant originally published in 1988 from dc comics and a rare newsstand edition of this key chapter in one of batman's most infamous storylines sold this week for 5.99 in a cgc graded 9.8 this is the story arc in which the then current robin jason todd is killed by the joker Now, Jason's death has been adapted in the live-action HBO Max show Titans and in the animated film Under the Red Hood. Now, you guys got to remember, D 
DC Comics reacting to fans' dislike over Jason Todd's characterization set up two one phone hotlines that, for the price of a dollar a call, gave callers the chance to vote for or against Jason's death at the story's climax. At the end of this particular issue included a full-page ad with both phone numbers, with the following issue revealing the results. In the end, a slim majority, only 72 votes of fans, voted to kill Jason. The publicity stunt led to massive media attention for DC, Batman, and the story, with many fans unaware that this was not the original beloved Robin, Dick Grayson, being killed. Now, Jason has since returned to life in 2003's Batman Annual uh, number 25, but he remained a casualty of disgruntled fans and a wide publicity stunt for 25 years. A while. Yeah, if I remember, he was like bludgeoned to death by the Joker with a crowbar, right? With a crowbar, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, don't leave it to fans. We're going to vote for the darkest <laughs> shit ever. You know what I'm saying? If we're going to, if you give us an option to killing somebody, we'll like kill them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, kill didn't them. they do this gimmick a few years ago, but it was an online thing where you could vote and it was for the Titans uh, TV show. I'm trying to remember. They were like, you know, we're doing it again. You can kill off. So should we kill off so and so? And I believe it was due for the Titans. He ends up being Red Hood anyway on the, on the TV yeah. show, uh, which is great, by the way. At least. The second season is the first season is kind of trash because they had a minuscule budget. Uh, but the second season kind of ultra graphic, but uh, it, they dropped a little. I know this sounds like old grumpy moment man talking, but they drop F bombs just for F bombs. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mm -hmm. really like they they're just cursing for no reason at all just so they can get a rated R. You know what I'm saying? If you, if you watch Titan season two, like, or I think it's season two or three, you'll kind of notice that, you know. It's kind of I, I guess if you watch Peacemaker when he drops S bombs, it's hilarious because that's it's the kind of show it is. Whereas Titans, it doesn't it doesn't really need to be. It could just stand on its own. But you know that's just grumpy old me talking. So, Batman number four twenty seven nineteen eighty eight. Let's see how rare a newsstand was in nineteen eighty eight. As I pull up my handy dandy graphic here, so uh, nineteen eighty six was about fifty fifty. So nineteen ninety really skewed toward direct. So you know, newsstand was relatively rare. I would say in nineteen eighty eight. I mean, in nineteen eighty eight, I can still remember buying comics um, at Seven Elevens and liquor stores. Um, famously, I bought my copy of Spawn Number One at a liquor store <laughs> in the middle of the night. I know that I remember the story. I was stop. It was like one of those, a stop and go. And I saw it there, and I was coming home from the from wherever I think a bar, a hand, and I was buying a pack of Marble Reds. Gotta get that Marble Reds. And I caught, I saw a copy of Spawn Number One. I go, this is interesting. That's Tom McFarland. So I just grabbed it. Uh, I wish I had it though, because you know, obviously the um, the newsstand uh, version of Spawn is obviously more rare than the direct stand. You know, uh, but you know. Back in the days, man, back when you used to get comics at the supermarkets anymore, or excuse me, 7-Elevens. Batman 427 to uh, something way back. Yep. So next up here, we're talking about Four Color from Dell 1949. This is issue number 228. We reported in December 2021 that Wilmer Valderrama of that 70s show fame was set to star as Zorro in a new TV series for Disney. At the time, we stated that his first appearance of Zorro was severely undervalued at a fair market uh, value of $40 for a raw copy. Well, that all changed with a monster sale 
of a 9.2 for $5,040 on June 5th. This book is extremely hard to find, especially in high grade, with only two 9.2s on the CGC census. So it will be interesting to see if the TV series can spark an interest in low-grade copies. Damn. So, Oh, come I, on. Give us the on guard. I remember Zorro as a kid, right? And then uh, in the 80s, they made a parody of it. Mary Zorro, the gay blade. And he was yes. wearing like a all pink. <laughs> and then th there was another version where it was, uh, what's his nuts? And then Catherine Zeta-Jones. Antonio Banderas. Yes. Yes. That, yes. Was, that was pretty cool. Antonio Banderas and yeah. fine-ass Catherine Zeta-Jones was in that version of, you know, Zor and Zorro's been in what? Comic strips. Uh, new I mean, for those, you know, when comic strips from a newspaper, you know, for like forever, like if you think about it, but, uh, Marketer Zero from 1949 in a 9.2. 9.2 is incredible. From that seems undervalued to me. I'm sorry. Five grand for a book from 1949. Yeah, uh, people are slipping on that. Yeah, I don't know. You guys need to step up your game, man. That seems to be. Uh, I, mean, I, I wonder if the seller's disappointed because uh, you know that's an eBay auction because that's an odd number to end on five thousand and forty. Uh, maybe Heritage or an auction house or something. But all right, let's uh, step up to something in a little bit newer. We're jumping all over the place here, boys and girls. We're all over the place, and the it, the story behind this one's fantastic. Are you ready? Invincible issue number 50, the David Williams connecting cover originally published in 2008 from Image Comics. Now, by 2008, with the exception of Larry's version of issue number one, which featured the same cover with the words Larry's Wonderful World of Comics Limited Edition, Invincible was a rare variant free series. Wait a minute. Did you, did you hear that right? I'm going to say it one more time. Invincible was a rare variant free series. Seriously, try to find any modern series that lasted 49 issues without a variant cover. We have to go all the way to issue number 50 to get our first variant featuring Invincible issue number 50, David Williams connecting whose connecting brethren are Brit number seven and astounding Wolfman number seven. Now this week, a copy of this cover sold for a massive new high sale of $600 raw, obliterating the last raw sale of $240 of January of this year. Now keep in mind, despite 12 9.8 copies on the CGC census, we have never seen a single copy come to market. Invincible fans tend to hold on to their books, hence the incredibly high price for issue number one. We're eager to see one, though. For now, we'll remain shocked by the new high sale this week. Woo. Yeah, and Cutting Swag brings up a good point. Walking Dead, in the 2008 era, right around that era, that was, independent comics didn't have a ton of variants. Like, Dead on Walking Dead, uh, Chew was another one. Morning Glories was another one. Uh, Peter Faustin House, all those kind of indie comics in 2008 was a. It was a. How do I say? It was a. It was a. It was a bull market uh, or bear market, whatever. Comics were you know were starting to slowly slide, and really, The Walking Dead is kind of what brought a lot of collectors back because the show came out and people go, wait, there's a comic book based on it, and they go, why is it in black and white? You know, he's like, you know, I stopped collecting. And in 2002, and Walking Dead brought me back into collecting comics back in whenever it came out in 2006, 2007. And 
the um, the Ultimates line of Marvel. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, Ultimate Fantastic. The first iteration of the Ultimate Universe that kind of you know brought you back, and it, it was able to get you into a starting point, and it. And modernized the 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 comics, and then uh, after well, that was like in two thousand and two, where you know, and then you know, after that, give it a while. Then uh, now, I think every single independent comic that comes out, when I say independent, even though Image is huge, they want to be the next Walking Dead, right? To the point nowadays, people will get option deals before the comic even comes out. That's how crazy yeah. the internet is. Or I'll go go uh, go go indie fund me whatever the hell they're called. But uh, this is dope. This is dope cover. Is this uh, who did this cover? By the way, it's David it's Williams. David Williams. Yeah, David Williams. Is, yeah. And I was gonna say that's not Ryan Otley because that this cover is incredible, and I cannot wait. I have a feeling Gabe is one of those collectors that has not sold any Invincible comics. No, actually, I sold a huge collection of it recently on whatnot. But I have some major keys. I even have original art from Invincible. Yeah. Um, that yeah. I own. Like, it's a spoiler page too. So I posted it on my Instagram a while ago. And I had to cover it most of it up with sticky notes because it's a huge spoiler page. Yeah. If you, I've read Invincible and the season one just when we talked about it for it barely scratches the surface how big the Invincible universe is and what he grows through and what he goes through. It's absolutely brutal. You think people are not ready like, for the stuff that's no. coming up with Invincible? No. They're going to follow the books. More? It's nuts. Yeah. What was the name of the team? Um, that, Guardians uh, of the Globe? Yeah. Their first appearance isn't even an Invincible number one, isn't it? it it's like issue number seven or something along, right around there, I think. Yeah, um, it's one of those rare books that we talk about where their first appearance and first death was in the same exactly. issue. In the same yeah. issue. Exactly. Almost Thunderbird. Thunderbird dies an issue later. <laughs> the X-Men. Spoiler alert. Um, but... Uh, that's why, um, man, I was really disappointed not to get another season of Jupiter's Legacy. Uh, you know, even though they did like an, a sequel prequel to it, but they Netflix just said it cost them too much money to make. Um, you know, but man, if you give Jupiter's Legacy a try, I mean, the read is incredible. I mean, I'm, I'm first of all, I'm a big Mark Miller. It's Mark Mar- Miller, not Millar. I'm a, a huge Mark Miller. Mark like uh, anything he does, like even that anime with the with the super. Uh, the super uh, what are they called super criminals uh the one nemesis shout out to my boy justin nemesis prime where he's dressed in all white and then uh everything and Mar- mark millar does i think everything he's got like an exclusive deal with uh, netflix now so anything he does it's got a good chance of showing up on on netflix so and netflix just did their uh i don't know if you've seen it the geeked whatever their little version of their own i guess um comic-con maybe because they show like a lot of footage and i was still i was like a little disappointed to get to see uh the um any footage from the new Last Kingdom movie? Uh, the Last Kingdom and had with five seasons, and then they're doing a movie called The Seven Kings Must Die. And I've been on such a nostalgia kick. I've been watching like Vikings. I even watched Marco Polo. <laughs> you know, I've been watching. I've watched this old three The Musketeers show. I'm watching all these like period drama pieces. I, I want more and more. And I'm really watching the original Viking show now, which is isn't nearly as good as Vikings Valhalla, but it'll do. So. Invincible number 50, David Williams connecting variant 600 bones for a raw dog. Wow. Raw. What do we got up next? Uh, up next, uh, good old, a good old friend of ours, Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man number one. This is the Fiona Staples one in 50. Uh, we have written about this fantastic variant in the past before. In fact, just two months ago, we were wondering if the, if the delay of Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse going into June of 2023 would affect the price of Miles Morales books. Apparently this book went unscathed 
as a 9.8 went for a multiverse shattering $6,600 on June 6, nearly doubling the last sale, which was $3,550 for a 9.8 uh, back in March, as well as the 4862 for a 9.6 uh, on April 16th. This book has now surpassed the all-time high of the first appearance of Miles in Ultimate Fallout 4 by over $2,600. That's crazy. Damn. So this book is now $2,600 more expensive than Ultimate Fallout 4 in an Just number one, just the regular one. That That's, the, I believe, the uh, the one in 25, or what is it? What is the... What is the, uh, the Mark of the Djergovic cover? Yeah, the Mark of the Djergovic. That, that is the variant to get. That's the first appearance, and it's like a one in 50, I want to say. So that one gets high bucks. I know. But it's I'm still like man. 30 grand or something, right? Uh, my man, Auto Nemesis Prime, or excuse me, Auto, uh, Auto from Three Men in Basement had his, but he had a nine point two and he sold it. I said, "Oh, you should have held on." Even in a nine two, it's really hard to find. But this is almost right out of the movie. If you remember, like in the movie, he's like jumping through cars and shit. Um, I can't wait to see the trailer, man. Uh, I, it's been so long, right? It seems like they showed us uh, the Miles Morales uh, teaser trailer. Remember when he was going, like, don't going through Mumbai and all this other shit? It's like, man, yo, when, when are we gonna get it? I need more because they're supposedly. The old animation team was like was a crew of two hundred. Now they have four hundred. So just <laughs> factor in how crazy the graphics gonna look. And this is one of those films where I would say go see it in three D because it's literally like a comic page coming to uh, the big screen. Speaking of which, Miss Marvel number one surprised the shit out of me. I was I was there. I enjoyed Did you watch it. it yet? I enjoyed it. I thought, I thought it's it was really good. cool. Like when it, she's walking down the street. Loved oh my it. god! I, my you know oldest what? I was like, loved it. I was like, yeah, I'll watch it before whatever. But I was like entertained when she was riding her bike and she's talking about like all the different Avengers. I'm not giving any spoilers away. And then they showed these kind of like uh, animations that are graffiti on the different buildings. It's pretty cool, man. So, uh, yeah. So, I, yeah. So now Wednesdays, I got Obi-Wan and Miss Marvel. So that's good for all of us, right? So Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man, issue number one. Fiona Staples, one and fitty. From 2014, make sure it's the right volume. 6,600 ball barrels in a 9.8. Good Lord have mercy. Good Lord. Now let's go to something really off the wall. This is off the wall, man. Next up, we've got Not Brand Eck. Number one, originally published in 1967 from Marvel Comics. And Not Brand Eck is a satirical comic book published to parody superheroes like Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, and other Marvel properties. The series ran from 1967 to 1969, publishing 13 issues. The first issue published was the first cover appearance of Forbushman, an employee of the parodied Marble Comics. The comics debuted satirical versions of our favorite heroes, such as The Thung, Weed Witchards, Human Scorch, <laughs> Inevitable Girl, The Silver Burper, and the, ined- the Inedible Bulk. Now, several Marvel legends contributed to this publication, like Jack Kirby, Gene Colan, Roy Thomas, and none other than Stan Lee himself. This 1967 gem recently sold for a new all-time high of $2,040 for a 9.8 graded copy, and there are currently only 16 
graded 9.8 copies on the CGC census. A sale of this caliber is fairly rare. The last time this book had a 9.8 sale was way back in 2016. That is nuts. I remember this, and Gabe probably tested this because Gabe's probably been to more shows than all of us combined. Is I used to see this at sh shows all the time. Ten twenty dollar book. No, easy, oh yeah, right. Yeah, it was easily a ten twenty dollar book, and you could definitely that is definitely Jack Kirby drawing at least the Invisible Woman. It's got a very Kirby esque look to the way it's drawn. If you look yeah, at her hips and her, her hair, her hair one hundred percent. Her hair, hair. that sixties yep. beehive hairdo, whatever it is. But yo, man. I, crazy it's crazy it's it's nostalgia buys man especially now people are growing up with disposable income but a 9.8 for two thousand and forty dollars for not brand Ugh. and that's hard because this is one of those like square bound books too like the old marvel yeah. annuals like it's all you know you always find those things split so yeah just to find it not busted. split yeah. it's hard yeah stables are busted out just like giant size x-men number one like yep. you know it's hard to find that in 9.8 same as and, super uh, surfer number one too if you think about it square bound uh, Amazing I mean, Spider-Man annual number one. Yeah, good luck with that. So uh, yeah, not brand Eck number one. I don't. If, if anybody's got that, we need proof of life on this proof one, of especially life. in a, especially in nine point eight. So we go from not brand Eck to something a bit seductious. Yeah, just look at the name of this book: Reform uh, Reform School Girl Number One from Avon, nineteen fifty one. Everybody. This pre-comics code classic just sold for $3,840. Not bad for a book with a 10 cent cover price. Speaking of, this book used a salacious photo cover to entice readers into the pages of a pretty typical for the time crime anthology. But with stories starring young females, Faith is denied parole and escapes prison to return to a life of crime. Adele, no, not the singer, joins a teenage street gang and becomes a car thief. B is a pawn in a scheme to blackmail a millionaire. Beverly's past comes back to haunt her with her new husband, an exhilarating comic from the exploitation era. This book has singled was singled out by Frederick Wortham in the oft-discussed Seduction of the Innocent. He didn't want us to have any fun or access to lurid stories about bad girls. Pfft, whatever, Wortham. This comic is unrelated to the 1957 and 1986 films of the same name, but all three prove a good title is timeless. Look at the cover, though, girl. man. I mean, Dow, yo, 1951. Yeah, you she got you a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. You see her ankle. What a hussy. Yeah, very. Uh, she got a cigarette hanging out of her mouth, fixing Go her garter circle. belt. Come on. Go full circle. And in 2022, we now have Betty Page comics, right? You know, Betty Page was like, you know, uh, you know, uh, the pinup girl of her era. You know, first, you know, now she's got all kinds of different covers and stuff. But it's kind of uh, funny, that, you know, you know, after this, obviously came the comics code, and you had more things that you know you couldn't do. But you know. Well, Di Di Dynamite does those like Red Sonia covers and stuff like that, where it's actually like cosplay girls on it, and they're like super skimpy compared to this. So, look yeah, at we've definitely ladies. grown. Look at her face. What is she saying to you right now? She looks like she smells a fart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Gabe, I, I don't know if WonderCon, if you saw like some of the cosplayers are outside. There was this one chick that literally just was giant. Or she was like uh, uh, this one of the Scooby Girls. 
Did you see her? She, she just had like she barely had a top on her ass. She was just hanging out. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I could still see that with my eyes open. Yeah, or, or my I eyes remember seeing that. And Justin, I remember. I think I pointed out that Justin, we were walking by and we we're at WonderCon. I was like, Oh my god, that is not how it's supposed to look. But hey, whatever you got to do, you boo. Uh, Reform school girl number one from Avon, January nineteen fifty. Wonder if that is like the cosmetic company. Avon. What kid brought this home? I wonder. Oh my wow. God! What is yeah. finding that under little yeah, little 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 Timmy's yeah. uh, bed? With that, the yeah, a little we're reform school number one, and then uh, some cra- crazy ass comic with like a severed head being held by somebody. <laughs> like, yeah, I can see why pre code horror is getting such a uptick now. Oh, see what it did there? What's the next? Uh-oh. One? Oh, oh perfect, perfect. What a segue! Next up, we've got the Tick issue number one, originally published in June of 1988 from New England Comics. Now, most comic book collectors who were in the hobby in the 90s will have fond memories of the Tick. With the exception of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Tick is arguably one of the most successful independent comic properties of all time. The character enjoyed several action figure lines, a forgettable video game, an iconic animated series, and two enjoyable live-action series. Now, this 9.8 sale of $1,500 for the Tick number one is the highest price we've ever seen this book sell for. In all fairness, this book rarely sells at all in 9.8, as there are only eight copies on the CGC census. This book is exceptionally hard to get in high grade due to it being oversized with an all-black cover printed on cheap paper now it's worth pointing out that this is not the ticks first appearance which happened in a one-page story in the new england comics newsletter issue number 14 from 1986 the character also made additional appearances in issue 15 and 16 of that same newsletter now the ticks first comic book appearance was in the tick special edition number one printed with serial numbers up to 5,000. The special edition was released in March of 1988, while issue number one was released in June of 1988. The special edition looks just like issue number one, but with a white cover. The interior of the books are identical with the exception of letters page and some advertisements. Spoon! Shout out to John Longshot who has the white cover. So I bought this when it came off the shelf. And I gave it to my buddy Phil when he uh, left the country as a present back in like uh, 2001, right? My original copy. Because then he was a comic book fan. And I was like, here, you can have my copy. And ever since then, I was like, I regretted it. But 9.8 seems to be cheap to me. I have a black copy. I had a chance to get the white cover off of an Instagram uh, page seller. It's Blue Sky Comics. I forgot what the name of their page is. It's it's him and his buddy. And they sell comics. And they had the white cover. Or it may have been... um, uh, uh, the other, oh God, I'm trying to think of the other uh, Instagram seller where they had the white cover as well. And I was, I was, they were just asking like four or 500 for it. And I was like, ah, I should have pulled the trigger though. But you know, anytime when I could say <clears throat> Batman, well, is a win for this show because Batman well was one of the characters on the show is absolutely freaking hilarious, man. But the tick from new England comics from 1988, $1,500 for 9.8 seems like a steal to me, man. Uh, I think black cover? it's impossible to find. Like, I think the show really came out <clears throat> too soon. Like if it would have come out now, the way the comic markets react now to, you know, to series being on like TV or movies, I think now it would absolutely blow up. If like the tick ever came back again, I think uh, people would go back to it. But, uh, you know, 
what do they call them? Nigh destructible or something along those lines? Nigh indestructible. Yeah. Nigh indestructible. Yeah. So we got one more Toys and Girls and we'll see what's shaking today. What do we got for the last one for the list? This is one of my favorite books of all time. I absolutely love X-Men 25, but this is the black and white variant. Marvel Comics 1993. This book will will forever be known for the bone-chilling or bone-ripping madness of the Master of Magnetism, separating our dear Wolverine's adamantium skeleton from his body. The main cover of this book and its variants are readily available for the modern collector, part of the Fatal Attractions run that screamed 1990s with wraparound covers and holographic character depictions. This variant, however, is in a league of its own. It's black and white background making Magneto brutally stand out, along with having him in the the holographic portrait formerly occupied by Gambit, recently selling for uh, $916 in a CGC 9.8. It blows all the other variants away, which usually see uh, fair market value going for about four bucks all the way up to like $88. Uh, it was a limited retailer incentive exclusive, and at the time of release, often had a premium price tag associated with it when it was available at local LCSs. Most collectors choose to grab multiple copies of cover A instead, but those who held on to their copies are reaping the rewards. I've been known about this cover for forever now. I think ever since maybe I think it was on YouTube back in like 2015, even on Instagram, like 2012, people started talking about it. They were showing it and saying, so every time I go and look for this comic, number 25, I never saw the black and white version. And it also begs the question, why hasn't Magneto ripped his shit apart for all these years right now, right? I mean, you think about it. He's the master of magnetism. Why didn't he rip the shit out of his... his and then, if you remember after this, for the longest while, Magneto had those whack-ass kind of skeleton uh, claws that he was doing for a while before they... Found, I, don't even, I don't even... You mean an awesome bone claws that Wolverine had? Uh, come on. No, come on now. But yeah, but I'm trying to remember what the storyline was, how he got his adam, adamantium back. Um, somebody help me out here. Um, it was to- a real kind of odd, drawn-out story involving Apocalypse and things like that. And it was even in Wolverine issue 100. I'm going to sound like a total nerd. Uh, Cable's son, Genesis, attempted to reestablish and redo the Weapon X project on Wolverine to get the adamantium in him. And it exploded out of Wolverine. And that's when you got the really weird feral face, like missing the nose and he got super mutated. But it was later on, just randomly, he just got it back again thanks to um, thanks to Apocalypse. I think that was Wolverine like 145 or something like that. It's a really cool foil like claw cover. That's that great fucking knowledge right well there, explained, actually. That's I mean, great fucking knowledge right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. But yeah, you think, man, I can really break bones. But, you know, only, the, the story was also is he's the only one that could survive it because of his healing factor. Just like the only way he could survive the the injection of the adamantium. All right. I, you know what? For the longest time, I didn't know how adamantium was. I was like, I had been, been mispronouncing it for decades. How I, I didn't know until the X-Men video. cartoon came out. Yeah, exactly. Well, and when the X-Men cartoon came out, he had an accent. He had like this weird British accent. Do you remember that? He was on oh, the, the original uh, Pride of the Canadian X-Men. He cast him as a Canadian. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Or he Australian. Canadian. Australian. Yeah. He, yeah, it was on Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends, and he had this weird kind of, uh, I don't know, Aussie or UK accent. It was on Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends, and they had, like, Cyclops. 
Wolverine, uh, a bunch of characters on it. And then I was like, wow, Wolverine has an accent, huh? I would have never known. But uh, that's our list, boys and girls. Let's go see what's shaking today, shall we, as we do a seamless transition. There you go. Seamless. Oh, Look at that. Seamless. Look at seamless. that. Seamless. Right into the weekly top 10. Grim taking the top spot. Secret Avengers. Uh, this uh, Tom McFarlane Megacon, I think, is uh, exclusive. Speed Racer getting some love back. Go check out our Tuesday show to see everything. Uh, these are the movers. These are most units moved this week. Good to see some of these on here. But we're here to see what's shaking. I already see some cool shit already, man. Oh, um, man. We got a couple of these. Yeah, we're going to start right off that? the bat. We got to do Better Comics number one from Maple Leaf Publishing, 1941. Look at that is really basic. I think I could draw but, that. I'm just, you know, for the time. What, who knows, what do you think? That's a drilling to the center of the earth storyline kind of thing? Something. Surprises and prizes. Maple Leaf Publishing, issue number 18,100 and a 5.5. 18,500. Did you hear what I just said? 18,000. That's that. crazy town. What the hell is this? What is this? I have no idea. There's even, not even a recorded sales. <laughs> what <laughs> is that? Yeah, we're just going to write down and down because these look pretty darn interesting. Sun Girl from Marvel, issue number one. Sun Girl, the mysterious beauty, menace of the monsters. Eight grand for an 8.0. Look at that. From what year, though? 1948. This is from 1948. Yeah. That looks pretty crazy. I never even heard of that, to be honest with you. And we're going to continue on with more obscure shit just to get you guys uh, more offers. Like more Amazing <laughs> Man Comics. Number six from good old Centaur Comics from 1939. Seven grand for 4.5. That seems rather cheap to me. If you can get a 7.5 from 1945, 1939. 1939, yeah. This is World War II era stuff. World War II era. Shoes. There's my first Prince of Bullseye. I still Mm -hmm. need this for my Frank Miller Daredevil run. First Miller, right? Uh, no, as the first Miller, Miller as the writer and the artist. Yeah, oh. he, his first issue, I believe, is 158, where I think where he does the art on it. But uh, the entire run is incredible. It's really, uh, you know, taking. Oh, he changed that. Daredevil forever. It's a high water market of Daredevil run. Nobody's ever going to be able to, yeah. to top that, I think. Exactly. Uh, he gave it kind of dark, you know, gave it the Dark Knight treatment, basically. Uh, Triumph Comics from Bell Features from 1943. Look at this. I always say I miss. Actual Look at that text on the on the cover. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I miss. You rarely ever see that on the uh, covers nowadays. Uh, 1525 or 2.5. I like what the cover price does now. See how in the background it takes the comic and puts it there. So like if oh, you go cool. to the next issue Very over. nice. Ah, very I see nice. what you did there, Matt. And I see what you John, did there. Very, uh, very, very cheeky of you. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Invincible number one, $1,500 for a raw dog. I wow. sold mine too early. Gosh darn it, dude. You I sold mine like right when the show came out, wow. but I used that money as a down payment on my house. So, I mean, there you interest for my house. So, it is what well, it is. I just sold my first appearance of Shang-Chi for a new car that I will spring on people this weekend. I'm nice. There you go. The, yeah. I'll just say it starts with B and ends with W. Uh, that's nice. All <laughs> oh. But yeah, I use a lot of that money to put toward the down payment. It's time for Papa to get uh, Papa to get a new toy. You know what I'm saying? Maybe midlife right. crisis car or something like that. Look at this. This Visions. is on a motorcycle. Gray Cook and Lamar Waldron. I don't know what this is. I don't know what dope this ass is. pencils. I'm trying to make out what that is exactly. Uh, but it looks like very raw pencils. Uh, from 1979, $14.25 for a raw comic. What? $4 for a comic book in 1979? That's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's got to be some type of magazine. It's How do you know they spelled out $4? Like, uh, 
but yeah, it must be like a giant size magazine anthology or something. Uh, you know us on the Shaker Show, we always talk about our pre-code horror stuff. Tales from the Crypt number twenty-four. Look at that gnarly cover. That's Love awesome. It. This is the crypt, also features the Crypt Keeper, the Old Witch, and the Vault Keeper. You got all the keepers in there, man. Thirteen hundred dollars for a raw comic, man, from. Uh, 1951 man i really missed out i wanted like a decade ago wanted to start collecting like um pre-code horror like specifically ec but you know i never got around to it and now it just yeah i I was in that mindset for a while too but you just kind of just fall out of it this stuff's kind of hard to find people were kind of just stashing it for a while i recently posted this marvel spotlight number five uh this is not it though uh it was recently the like the anniversary of uh of ghost rider and I post like, as I follow uh, Tom Breveport on uh, Twitter, he's a great follow uh, for, he's he works for uh, one of the editors of Marvel, but he also posts like great history, like today in comics, these covers came out. And he had also posted like, you know, Marvel Spot, like came out this 40 years ago, this week. So uh, um, I have, my Marvel Spotlight 5 is at CGC. And I just called him recently to check on the status of it. Um, economy class to get it pressed and graded, uh, a two year wait I have for it. Crazy, That's two years, ridiculous, bro. Tell him to send it back. I'll, and I'll give you one of my. I would, back. but it's a, it's a, it's a sign. I got it signed by Roy Thomas oh. in November. So, oh I, my goodness! If I get it back, I can't get it. You know, I can't get the Holy yellow label. Cow. So I'm this. stuck. Two the years. Fighting, I'll see you in two years. Yeah, serious. <laughs> Probably be dead by then. And the movie will come out, and there better be a movie and two sequels out by the time you get it back. Yeah. Don't announce that movie anytime soon. They hold off for about two years. Yeah. <laughs> the Fighting Yank, America's Bravest Defender, just straight out knocking out some Nazis. Look at that. I love That's his Krieger cool. old hat. Yeah. Eight, uh, $8.98 for a 5.0. But uh, yeah, it's kind of Captain Quaker, the Fighting Yank. <laughs> uh, I'm going to call him Captain Quaker. I wonder if there is a. You know what? I got one of these up for sale right now. Uh, nobody seems to want it. Uh, and I'm, I got a 9.6. If hit me up if you have any offers. 9.8 just sold for $809. First appearance of America Chavez. Uh, Trending down. No doubt she'll be back though. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's, she's Young Avengers. You know, she'll be back for Young Avengers. That's when you can sell that for she'll big money. Definitely be back. Um, I wonder if my sale is on here. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I t- here's the here's the sad part of uh, of uh, the. Uh, I already removed it. You notice oh, I don't you have any copies it. left? Oh, yeah. yeah I used left. to have yeah. two. I, I sold my 9.2 to one of our buddies on Instagram um, who has a 9.2 fetish. <laughs> so I sold him a 9.2 of this. And then I had a 9.8, which I bought from another Instagram buddy for 1500 when the movie was announced. And I sold it for, let's just say I sold it for north of uh, 8K, right around there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, good so for you, man. Good job. Yeah, no, you know, shout out to my man who sold it to me fifteen hundred because he had multiple copies anyway. Because the day the movie's announced, I was like, dude, you still got the nine point eight copy? He goes, you know what? They just announced the movie, but you know what? I'll give it to you. I press. So uh, shout out to you for comics. Um, you nice. know, man. <laughs> even when I posted it for sale on Instagram, he goes, Dan, I thought you were gonna get buried with this book. I said, I don't want to get buried with any books, bro. I want to, you know, what I'm saying, <laughs> I ain't taking nothing to the grave. I'm, I'm selling it all, man. Everything is for sale. The revolution will will be televised. I love bro, these crime suspense stories covers, dude. These are the best. They're bro, all jacked up. Bro, how are you going to be burying up? a woman like that? In this issue, EC's adaptation of a story by Ray Bradbury, America's top Ooh. horror writer. I always thought Bradbury was more associated with sci-fi than horror, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, look at that. He's like, this is probably up. before he got into Star Trek stuff. Yeah, he's like, yeah. shut up, I'm gonna bury you. I'm gonna bury you right here. Good lord, that's a that's like a serious phobia of me like that's what happens you give your husband cold eggs for breakfast 
Bro, I can't even get an MRI without freaking out, man. That damn <laughs> tube that you go into, oh, I freak out, you know. And it just only happened to me at an older age. Like when I was younger, didn't have that fear. But as you get older, I don't know, it was a sense of mortality or what, man. But uh, Rick and Morty, issue number one. Look at that. St I know people are huge Rick and Morty fans, but uh, first appearance of Rick and Morty, 575 for 9.6. Still wild. Uh, yeah, I have a, a specialized one from KRS Comics, and uh, when the new series, he put a label in there. Remember the meme of the guy who sits there and he's got like a table with uh, like writing, and people would put put writing on it. Oh, the proof me wrong meme. Yeah, yeah. I, I had him wrote like uh, like um, like uh, some crazy stuff, like um, Captain Kirk is a bitch or some shit like that. It was like the most random stuff ever. It was at a KRS Comics booth, and I was just having him say, "Hey, write this for me. Write this for me." It was it was pretty fun, man. But uh, Good to see this book on here, man. The Invaders Annual number one. Look at that. You got Namor. I believe that's Toro, this original Submariner. Yeah. Captain America. Fighting off some Nazis. Oh, it's telling me to sign in. What's going on here? Well, that was what? Just booted me out. I don't know. Hide my password got here for booted. a second. Yeah, man. They heard me talking about it. They're like, let's kick this fool out. All right. <laughs> let's go back to it. See how easy it is? Just keep your password and just keep things moving. I bet that's you, movers. The, You're on the, the wrong have already. It, oh, I, I was going to say the shakers have changed already. Damn. Damn. Uh, let's see if anything's changed by since the last time we logged in. <laughs> no, hey. this Black Panther book. Black Panther insist, wasn't there a second ago. Insist on making it happen. I swear to God. Uh, oh, here we go. Good girl cover. Sonic. Look at that. Oh man, they're putting her in the and the, uh, and the chair. red dress. <laughs> oh man look at a crazy dude behind her too oh my god this definitely dinner date with death oh my god who was to eat dinner and watch a lady get shocked to death that's Jeez. that's morbid uh, but whatever sonic the hedgehog just got announced for a netflix series by the way um sonic the hedgehog number oh. one first appearance i love the two movies that came out those were great 770 dollars. well the movie came out but then i during that netflix geek special they uh they're coming out with a sonic uh series that's going to be specific just for uh for netflix so yeah, we were looking at this uh, Invaders book. Oh man, I'm telling you, people are gobbling up these horror books. Man, look at this gnarly cover. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Tomb of Terror number sixteen from good old Harvey Comics. Death is for sale, and there are plenty of buyers going going gone. Four hundred seventy five dollars for a three point five, dude. That's a killer deal. I'm telling you. Uh, of course. Everybody's been talking about Blue Beetle. It was a pretty uh, the screenshot they took, pretty damn comic yeah, accurate, looked right? Pretty good. If you're a fan of Blue uh, uh, Blue Beetle, Infinite Crisis number five, Jim Lee, the first appearance of Jaime Reyes is Blue Beetle from three hundred ninety five dollars for a nine point eight. Uh, I have a feeling this this book has room to grow. Um, I recently sold my Hulk three forty, so here we go. Here, here's the sad part of uh, okay. I have to remove it from my collection. Oh. Um, I'll do it later because I don't want to tell you how much I, I bought it for. <laughs> so basically, uh, you can remove it from a collection and you can tell how much you sold it for. So it gives you it gives you an idea of uh, you know what's going on. Uh, look at that. Thought I'd never see this book again. Let's talk about this Bride of Venom cover. That looks absolutely nuts. First appearance of She Venom, Annie Wang, three fifty. I think we saw her. Was that her briefly in Venom number one where she kind of? Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. this book is still a thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, especially, you know, Venom 2 came and got, and we didn't see her again. So, you know, there's always other Venom. Ah, look at this dope cover. Mar Marvel Tales, Vampire Tales from Marvel, 1974, $330. Look at this suckle bus. Oh, Lord have mercy. She's got wings, too. The Altar of the, the Undead. We were just talking about Vampirella on one of the shows. Look at this. This is a Canadian price variant, $4.95 for Vampirella. 
number 113, $332. Uh, uh, man, that is gorgeous. I, I tell you, artists love drawing Vampirella. You know, every time there's a new variant that comes out, yo, Destroyer Duck from Eclipse Comic. Look at that. You got a duck with a grenade machine gun. I remember this book, man, from 1982. First appearance of Gru the Wanderer uh, from the great, Wander. the great Sergio Aragonas. I don't know if you ever get a chance. To, has he, he hasn't passed away, has he? No, he's still around. Yeah. Great guy. If you ever meet him, he'll sign your books for free. Very, very cool dude. To Coolest chat with. mustache in the comic book business. Yeah, right up there with Bob Layton. When I met Bob Layton, and um, uh, he was cool too. Uh, you know, speak just talking to him, and I just chat you up. You know, and not you know charge you for stuff. Another guy was uh, the guy who did a Hellboy, Mike Mignola. Met him at a con too. Very cool. He goes, you know, I won't. He goes, I won't sign your book. You know, charge you. Just read. He goes, just promise me you read. It. I said, of course. And I got a. I never read, and I got a. <laughs> yeah. uh, the love affair. Look at this classic. Uh, this is the way they used to draw dames and damsels back in the day from 1949. My love affair. Three hundred twenty-five dollars. And last but not least, let's look at this ASM book. This is the final hunt. Amazing Spider-Man number one hundred four. Look at that crazy Craven! I have a feeling Craven books in well, Marvel frames. Just, you got some Kazar on there too. Yeah, look at that. Yo, if they do Craven's Last Hunt right, it could be a big, big thing, man. But um, that'd be the only that, time they could they could use that character, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, supposedly his kids are gonna be in it, so you know, there's that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take a quick little break, and I'll be back over on uh, Team Nerd Herd Podcast. The link is in the live chat. The show starts at seven o'clock. I'm gonna be a guest on their show uh, called Mondo Mail Call, and they're gonna ask me a bunch of questions, not just about comic books, but just in life general. I'm gonna give you my philosophies on how I live life. I really don't have any, but you know, I'm gonna try to keep it sassy that way. G- JB, good to be back. Uh, what's, yeah. What say you? Well, actually, I want to shout out the staff here at the Hampton Inn here at uh, Sherwood, Oregon, for <laughs> helping me get this all set up because they actually did help me get set up. So shout out to them and everyone who joined us tonight, man. I look forward to seeing you guys next Thursday. I'm going to be back uh, next Thursday. I will be at, a, well, I think, a Trend West Resort somewhere. So we'll see what kind of connectivity I have out there. JB secretly in witness production. That's why yeah, that's what you. it is. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like an OnlyFans last... background. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, my game, any last words? Everybody, thanks for showing up. Uh, thanks again for all the fun. Great talk here. I was, I actually got a book on the list with that tick number one, so I'm happy. That's awesome. I think I have one. I think I still have my tick number one. It's sitting around somewhere because oh. I never was able to find a bag and board for it that I, I really liked. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. in a magazine-sized bag and board. And, and, it just and you can't fit it in a like, box. You got to put it like sideways in the box. Exactly, like, yeah, you know? man. Yeah, but um, also shout out to my uh, dental hygienist at Prospile Dentistry and uh, Foothill Ranch is the most random shout out ever. But, you know, uh, I was getting my uh, like, you know, every six months I get my teeth cleaned or every four months. And she goes, I'm just going to call you TiVo. And I go, do you know? She goes, no. I said, well, I'm kind of a big deal. I know. I'm just kidding. I said, well, I said, people, I said, people on YouTube and Instagram know me as YouTube. She goes, well, make sure you give us a shout out. So shout out to Pro Smile Dentistry at Foothill Ranch, California. You never thought I'd get sponsorship from a dental. <laughs> but I need my teeth. It's kind of cool. She did. So I'm just going to call you TiVo for it because, you know, I saw your name. And I go, do you know who I am? I'm kind of a big thing. Like, Ron Burgundy. I never think that, by the way. Anyway, thank you uh, guys for joining cool. us. The, uh, the link is in the live chat. Uh, I'll be there in about five, ten minutes. I just got to go hydrate. And then I'll see you guys over on uh, Team Nerd Herd. Until then, we'll see you on this channel next Tuesday for the uh, top, cover price top ten. Until next time, boys and girls, keep digging in the long boxes. Peace out.